Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I address on this show. On today's guest episode, I welcome the delightfully hilarious Melissa Stripe. Melissa is a director, performer, and sexual health educator. She's very passionate about cultivating community, creating empowering content to help people feel good about themselves. She found the intersection of comedy and sexual health with a focus on educational music videos. I came across these videos on Instagram and I laughed my head off. They're absolutely hysterical, but they're also beautiful in the information they share and the comfort they offer to women who are navigating their personal health your sexual explorations, such a fun conversation, exploring all of these avenues. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Melissa. Welcome Hi. to the podcast. Thank you. Super I'm fun excited. to have you here with your drum kit in the background. For those who are just listening, Melissa is sitting in front of her fabulous drum kit and a beautiful neon sign that says the big Lisa show. Yeah. The big Lisa. Yeah. Oh, the big Lisa. Wait, what is the last word? Live. The big Lisa live. Can you tell us about that? Because <laughs> Melissa, you are a director, a performer, a sexual health educator. Tell us about this live that you do, this show. <laughs> yeah. So that is my training is as a sexual health educator. I've worked in that field for the last 14 years. So that's what I'm trained to do. I love doing that. And recently I've been focusing more on the online world, creating video content around that topic and developing a show around sexual health education. And so this sign represents a, a live stream that I've been doing in the last couple of years that is, you know, a musical sexual health education show. And it's interactive, you know, with, um, you know, people chiming in, asking questions, asking for requests for certain songs. And it started off like I just had a handful of songs that I did about different sexual health topics that are silly and like, just trying to get the conversation going. And then people started requesting tons of different, they're like, oh, can you do one on eczema, the skin condition? I'm like, that is not my purview, but sure, you know? And can you do one on English muffins, the, the you know, the breakfast food? I'm like, yeah. So you? it just kind of, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not going to pass that up. Oh my God. What did you have to say about English muffins? What's the, I what's talked the about how I did it to life as a highway and you know, the live and I, um, I actually have this uh, English muffin costume <laughs> that my sister made me right here. And um, if you must know, oh my. the direction you <laughs> wanted to go today. And this is the butter. Oh my gosh. For anyone who's just listening, go check out my YouTube so you can see Melissa's fabulous costume. <laughs> As a the human thing English is, muffin. Like, my sister oh my is God. an incredible art maker puppeteer everything and she made this for me and um 
it's a it's perfect if you're looking at it you see it's perfect if you're listening you might just have to take our word for it but the thing about it is that it's like squeezing my face like it's it's squeezing it's squeezing real good it's so anyway yeah this isn't sexual health related but it's like you know when someone asks for so my my take on english muffins was that um they're boring they're boring <laughs> but they're good they're delicious yeah yeah. And I talked about how the the person who created them's name was Samuel Bath Thomas. Basically, what I do when I get a request is I just if it's about a complicated sexual health topic that I'm going to take a lot of care and intention and and you know, do it right. But when it's about English muffins, I'm going to just go to Google and be like, well, "What's an English muffin?" and then basically just sing the Google, you know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Good. I mean, you're welcome to wear that for the full show. I mean, I really enjoy Honestly, it. Honestly, I might put it back on, but um, right now <laughs> it was squeezing. It was really giving me the good squeeze. So, Oh my gosh, this is starting off so amazing. I have not laughed this hard in a long time. So <laughs> Melissa, let's say that I found out about you because of Instagram, because I've seen your fabulous videos, these reels that you do. I haven't seen the breakfast food related ones, but I have seen the phenomenal women's health related videos that you do. The first one I saw somebody on that I follow in their story posted the video of you talking about uh, making sure that men wear a condom and you were dressed as a, a bee. Oh, yeah. Buzzing around a park and you said to the guys who didn't want to wear a condom to buzz off. And I was laughing just as hard as I was right now, maybe harder. And I just loved it because I happened to have been dating someone not too long ago who did not want to wear condoms and would really be pushy about it. And I knew in my brain that that was really not acceptable behavior. And at the time I thought, well, you know, of course, most guys don't want to wear one, but I think there's a level of respect when men allow for it to be a woman's request and to honor that request. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why it really hit me when I saw that video is because I don't think a lot of women realize that. And when you're in the moment and it's just you and this person, I know at least for me, there's been times where I felt kind of, I didn't know how always to advocate for myself. And I also didn't know in the moment, is this a reasonable request? Is it, should I not push this? I've been there before. And I think a lot of women are in that position where they don't know how to advocate for what they want or for their bodies or to understand their bodies. Cause let's go beyond that. You talk about all sorts of women's issues, whether it's their period or, you know, their, their hygienic smell, all of these things that even to this day in 2023, some women or even girls are completely clueless about and are freaked out about, don't understand it. And so they'll just often go without and suffer as a result. Yeah. It's really tough when we're taught that a part of our body is shameful or embarrassing or gross. Right. So even if, if we're hearing that from when we're young, like, Oh, that part, I mean, everyone hears that about their genitals to some extent, I think like regardless of gender, but I think people with vaginas are going to hear that more often that, Oh, it's gross. It's going to smell that when I was teaching sex ed in the classroom, constantly getting questions about the smell of the vagina and like, what if it smells like fish and all this stuff. And I think over time that can just make us, we know over time that can just make us feel 
embarrassed, ashamed. And then we're kind of like, I'm not going to go there because I'm scared of what my, I, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to deal with it. And then that leads to all of this, all these problems. Like I think, yeah. So the buzz off song is about, um, it's yeah, I'm dressed as a bee and I'm saying buzz off if you don't want to use protection basically. And I think it's, it can be applied to people of any gender, of course, but I'm talking about condoms mostly. So like the, the fact is like, I did that song, I think like seven years ago, but still like, even when I ask, you know, that's when I do these lives and I ask the audience, like, what's, what's urgent for you? What is still an issue that continuously comes up as like feeling pressured to not use protection. And I think um, the fact that that is, you know, when I started doing this in college, this work, that was a big issue then. And I would talk about that in the dorms and we would do all these activities to like, what would you say if you're, if you're with someone and they don't want to use protection, how could you respond to that? Or on the other side, like if you're with someone who asks you to use protection, how do you respond? Because we don't want to just put the onus on the person who wants to use protection. What about the person who's being asked to use protection and they don't want to, but they're like, oh, well, okay, I hear that my partner wants to use it. So I'm going to like make a different choice and make them feel comfortable and say, of course, you know, so it's like giving people opportunities to practice these conversations that we haven't been taught to have, by the way, in a safe and like maybe fun, silly environment is so critical in sex ed, because if we can do that in a fun, silly environment, then maybe we're a little more able to have that in a real situation with a partner. So that's the idea behind it. The song is silly, but it does hit on like pretty intense topics. And I take a lot of care with how I wrote that song. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of making light of some of the excuses that people have to say, oh, I don't want to use protection, but I'm trying to do it in a way where it's like, cut that out, just cut it out. Yeah. And it's not okay if you pressure someone ever. So it's like serious themes, but I'm trying to keep it light. So it's an interesting balance that I'm very intentional about keeping. Well, you do it beautifully. You do it so well. You. And you know, there's, I think it's good to frame it in that way because I think it's to give it some levity helps us to connect with it more. I think, because here's another thing that I love about what you do. Most of us, many of us, if we did receive sex ed, it felt like a science lesson, right? It felt very detached from our own experience, I think is what a lot of people think. And so we brush it off. I think a lot of kids, teens, if they're going through sex ed class, if they even get it, there's still a lot of people, even in this country who don't receive sexual education. But if we think that it's just kind of a joke, we're not really going to listen. And we're not going to ask pertinent questions if we don't feel safe or comfortable doing so because the instructor maybe just again kind of keeps it very educational very scholarly and we don't feel safe asking questions so i love that you're bringing up topics that again i don't i don't recall in sex ed talking about what do you do when you want your partner to wear a condom and that it hasn't been brought up or they say they'd rather not how do you share your voice it's good that you gave those examples because I bet there are women out there who are like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it doesn't feel good for you. Okay, yeah, we won't use one. Or, oh, oh, you don't know how to put one on. Okay, then fine. But to realize that's not a good excuse to not honor what you're asking for because there's a lot of repercussions to not using protection. It's not just like a preference for a position, right? It's like 
this is leading me at a risk for STDs for pregnancy. So I, I love that you bring up the matter of like, sorry, if it's not comfortable for you, but there's something bigger at stake here, which is a woman's well-being and health and safety. Yeah. Yeah. Or anyone's right. Any gender, like you still deserve to have your preference to use protection. Totally. And like how to, how to work through those conversations when two people want different things. Cause that's the reality is like someone very well might want one thing and someone might want another thing. And like how we're not taught to have those conversations, you know? And I think there's a way that in sex ed, we tend to think of it like, oh, it's just listing out the STIs, listing out the birth control and have a good day, you know, but it's, there's the beauty of it when it's done well. And when it's comprehensive is that it can provide a space to talk about those dynamics. What if they're like the power dynamics that happen when there's like people, different genders, like different gender expectations affect the power dynamics and relationships and all of that and how that works or doesn't work with these conversations about protection. So it's all so important and, you know, it's serious stuff and it, it definitely can have, it, it can affect people's lives. And so it is important, but I, I know that, you know, even like I said, going back into doing this in college, I remember I would ask, what are some reasons people say they don't want to use protection? And as people are shouting them out, I would write them on an index card and we would like pass them out. And then people would practice, like, if, if someone said this, how does the other person respond? Because I think it's important to, to, you know, as an educator, to not just go into a room and say, well, this is what is important to know, right? So a huge value that I hold in, in all of this work, whether it's in the classroom or, you know, doing, you know, the stuff that I'm doing now through video is asking people, like, what do you care about? What are excuses that you've heard? Or what are reasons that you've heard? And because that relates to your life, you know, that that's, that's more relevant to you versus like, oh, I'm coming in here to tell you what I think. So that's, I'm not interested in that. Um, of course, there's always curricula that you have to follow and all of that. But in general, I'm interested in how can I create a space where people can have these difficult conversations that like maybe, yeah, we've never been taught that we could have. Yes, definitely. And another facet that you address, Melissa, that I think is really wonderful and important is, and it's specifically for women, is helping them to understand more about their bodies and that everybody is different. And especially when it comes to our genitalia, because that's another thing that's not talked about. And that I think a lot of women can feel insecure about is, do I look weird? Do I smell weird? Am I, you know, is this something I should be self-conscious about rather than celebrating however it is that you show up and knowing that however you show up in any of your parts is fine, whether it's your breast or your vagina or anything else. Right. But so often we, there's, especially now with everything you can find online, it's easy to feel self-conscious and worry, you know, or that you won't be, someone won't find you attractive if this is different. So that's what I love about the theme of your videos. It's sort of like, Hey, cause you also talk about like having facial hair as a woman, it happens. We have mustaches, they grow in. We got to just be about it. We get, oh, yeah. you know, uh, you talk about bumps like razor burn, all these things that we're told we're not supposed to have your vagina is supposed to look perfect and cute. And you're not supposed to have weird bumps or weird hairs on your body. And it's like, well, I do. So <laughs> what do you yeah. want to do about it? It's just very stressful. Like I remember growing up and just feeling very embarrassed about it all. And you know, I was, I was lucky to not get, you know, any like negative messaging from my parents, but it was, it was still very, um, just in general, there's all these things that you can be embarrassed about with your body. And I felt embarrassed about them. I was, I was remembering just like 
my arms are hairy and like looking over at my classmates and you know, these girls, their shoulders are out and there's no hair on them. And mine had hair on them. And I'm like, what? And my arms are hairy, my legs and my mustache and my set, everything. So body hair, big thing. Yeah. Like obviously pimples, um, the just like razor burn shaving all, all your period discharge, like all of this stuff is just, there's just all these things to be embarrassed about. And so I would have loved if somebody had just been kind of get out in front of it. Like what I'm trying to do now through my stuff is like, get it out in front of it and be like, yeah, it's okay. If your period leaks, it's okay. Like if you have leg hair, it's okay. If you have body hair, your mustache, it's just like getting so rowdy about it that if somebody's sitting there and they're embarrassed about it, they're like, okay, well that girl's like kind of making it silly. So it's just like, it's not going to change the embarrassment, but if I had had someone to look at that was saying, yeah, I have all this, that would have been a big game changer for me as a young person. Yes. Yeah. So it's so amazing that you're putting that out there. Thank you. You can spend a lot of time. I mean, I have a whole song about like bikini wax, like, and how, how it's just such every single, I, I, I find it to be such a stressful experience and they always make comments and I make a joke. Well, I come in once a year, whether I need it or not. And they're like, oh, well, you need it more than that. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm making a joke. And also like, how dare you? And they always have some comment to say about it. And it's just, I would have loved if somebody were like making light of that. So I didn't feel like, oh God, if I don't do that, it's going to be a problem, you know? Yeah, absolutely. To be able to, again, make, make light of it, bring some levity to a situation that is, you know, from a young age for most women is a lot of pressure and a lot of messaging that women are just supposed to be pretty and perfect and that's it. And if you're not, then, you know, it's, it's very fear-based. It's like, well, then you're not going to get the relationship you want. You're not going to get the love that you want. And that's pretty messed up messaging to receive that if we have too many blemishes or don't look the right way, that we're going to maybe lose value or worth. And that's a big part of my show is talking about women really awakening to our true knowing of who we are and that it has nothing to do with our level of desirability that women by nature are desirable because to me, women are the receivers and, but they're also the creators of life. So we're meant to attract just like the egg with the sperm, like by nature, women are attractive. They're attractive things. They, they draw in from the time of conception yet. That's not all that we are. And attraction is based on way more things than being quote unquote, perfect, right? Just because you have mustache hairs or because you smell a certain way doesn't mean that you're not good enough or that you're not beautiful or sexy or whatever you desire to be. And I think that women will do a lot, go to great lengths. You know, I know I I have through a lot of my life, right. And I still do. And I wish I didn't. And that's why I'm glad there's people like you, because I would love for the pressure to be taken off of women to have to fit this very specific mold that I think is very much promulgated by male ideas that we hear about, right? What they like, what they don't like, what they ridicule. And so we're like, Ooh, I don't want to be ridiculed. So I'm going to try to do everything I can to stay safe. Yeah. But we can't though. At a certain point, there's only so much we can do. And that's where we get to the point where it's like, why am I even, why do I go to these links? Why do I try so much to fit this mold? Yeah. I think there, there's, there's a level of privilege that I feel like I've had to be able to kind of 
say, oh, I'm not going to follow those specific standards. Like, I know it's not safe for some people to say I'm not going to follow those standards. So I, I acknowledge I have a lot of privilege in that, that I've said things like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to shave my legs for a decade. There's just there's just certain things that I've decided to not do. And then, yeah, I remember feeling very embarrassed when I was younger about this stuff. And even getting sex ed in, in elementary, middle school, I was lucky, grew up in New Jersey where we actually did get sex education, but it was still really embarrassing at, in those early years. And when I got to high school, I chose to take this class that was called Patterns of Adult Living. And everyone was like, oh, you got to take that class. It's kind of like this infamous class at my public high school. And it turned out to be the best sexual health education class. And the teacher that taught it was someone who was a huge sexual health education advocate in the 80s. And she was like, you know, uh, debated it on national TV and was like, you know, all you know, a real pioneer for sexual health education. And then when I was in high school, she was teaching that as a, as an elective course. And what she did was she based the class around a question box, which, you know, is a very common thing in sexual health education to have a question box. But what I found interesting is that she based the whole class around it, which I think is an, it's a cool message to say, like, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that I can teach you, but what do you want to know and put it in this box. And I remember people being so scared and nervous and like, Oh, what? like, like, like also kind of, um, laughing, like making fun of it and then putting their questions in. And I remember the second she started answering all of the questions, everyone just kind of like, oh, like exhaled because she wasn't making anything a big deal. It was just like, okay, this is the answer to this, this is the answer to this, this is the answer to this. And the whole room changed. And I remember it. And I remember being like, wow, that's powerful. And these are things that we have all been embarrassed about forever. And now this adult is just saying, well, you know, here's the info. It's non-judgmental. I'm just giving you facts. There's nothing like, you know, it, it's just for you to know. And I remember like having an adult talk to me like that was just very, it was, it was very impactful for me. And I, decided to get into, you know, sex ed, because at that time, um, it was like George W. Bush, and there's the abstinence only funding and all this stuff was happening. And I when I went off to college, I decided to get more into that and like research it and understand. And so it took me some time to realize, like, oh, it is actually a field to go and teach sexual health education that I can get trained in. And I started doing that. And, you know, I have a background in theater and performance. And so that kind of dovetails with getting up in front of a group and talking about embarrassing stuff. So it's just been, I'm so grateful I, that this career path that I've been on, I'm, I'm extremely grateful and I've received training from amazing organizations and places. And um, yeah, so. Were you a comedian first? Were you doing comedy or did, were you all, were you the, like the class comedian or what, how did you learn to like merge the two or did, was it your appreciation for sort of bringing light to heavier topics or making them more, you know, digestible, like being able for, for people to receive them better? Like what encouraged you to do this? Were there mm. certain comedians that did this work that you like? That's yeah. Thank you. That's interesting. I've always, since I was little, have been interested in comedic performing, like for myself, like I've always fancied myself someone who's, you know, willing to get up there and be silly and be funny. And it was actually in middle school. I remember being, cause I always did theater. And I remember in middle school at the same time when there's like all this embarrassment around sexual health stuff, I remember being um, in a theater 
production. And it was directed by older students. And I remember those older students were encouraging me to do this funny voice for my character. And they were like, they're in high school, I'm in middle school. And they were like, oh yeah, if you do it like this. And it ended up being really funny. And I remember the feeling of like, oh my God, that's so empowering to like be able to portray something that people are laughing and I'm in control of it. And it was just like, it's interesting that you asked that question because I, at the same time of feeling so embarrassed about sexual health stuff. And then also feeling that power of like, oh, I can make people laugh. Um, they both, you know, they were both around that really formative middle school time. And then going to college, I always did sketch comedy in college and I was teaching sexual health education. So I've always had these two parts of my life. And, you know, truly when I've been in the classroom in like a professional setting, I'm not cracking jokes left and right. That's not, that's, that's not how I teach sexual health education, but what I'm doing now is really trying to merge the two because I see the value in people being able to laugh about this stuff. Um, but I also take it very, very seriously. Like it takes me a long time to decide how I'm going to do these songs and what messages I want to come through. It's not just me spraying them out. I'm really like thinking hard about what I want to get through. So yes. Well, you do it wonderfully. They're amazing. And you do talk about such a wide range of things. You did a fabulous song about uh, smegma, the mm. related to the foreskin of men's penises. Again, a goofy, ridiculous topic that everybody laughs at, but it's a real thing. Yeah, that was actually, I think, my most viewed video on TikTok ever. Because it's hilarious. It's yeah, I, an amazing it's, thing. It's to an oasis. It's to Wonderwall, the oasis. And I'm, I'm wait, what is it? I, I was the, there was one with like a Mambo number four. Oh, Mambo number five. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. That one's about the foreskin. Yeah. Smegma <laughs> is the one about, yeah. So anyway, that's to an Oasis song, whatever. I'm just detailing what Smegma is. The Mambo number five is me marching around singing about the foreskin. Yes. Which is great. Some folks have it. Some don't. Yeah. That's and another surprise. <laughs> yeah. That women will encounter or anybody can encounter when it comes to uh some of our first sexual experiences or even down the line if you've never seen one an uncircumcised penis is different and you can have some questions. And again, these are things that when you're in the moment, it's very confusing and there's not always space to jump on your phone or ask questions. Whether it's wanting to use a condom or wondering, "Hey, there's something weird here. Does this I want to ask this person if they're clean, but how do I ask these questions? How do I know what is going on with their penis? What's going on with this? What's this discharge? All of these things are things that in the moment can be really scary if we haven't listened, but somebody who's listened to your videos might be able to say, Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> and like knowing how to have those conversations about getting tested, yes. you know, not making someone feel uncomfortable to be like, Oh, do you have anything but more like, you know, yeah. Do you have any STIs? Like when was the last time you were last tested and stuff like that, you know, using that kind of language, you know, steering away from the like, Oh, that's dirty or whatever. It's, it's important that we teach people how to have those conversations because it's not easy, you know, like, and when do you have that conversation? Cause it takes some time to go get tested and it takes some time to get the results back. So there's all this stuff that I think is important. And the more that we can start having those conversations, the better. <laughs> yeah. And I think it ties into empowerment, but also feeling that you can, uh, be responsible and respectful towards your body and honor your body in a more powerful way. I think that when it comes to sex, it can be, there can be a detachment for a lot of people of feeling like they don't really 
know how their body is supposed to work or what it's supposed to look like or what something's supposed to feel like, right? Or how they can make sure that they're staying clean and safe when engaging mm-hmm. in sex. Because again, we get mixed messages that it's sort of like some people get the messages that sex in general is bad and that our bodies are bad in some ways. Yeah. And that can be yeah. very detrimental to a person being able to care for and really love their body. That's another thing that I feel comes through in your messages is, hey, be be connected with your body. Get to know your body. It's not scary. It doesn't have to be foreign. It doesn't have to be this weird thing. Get to know it and honor it and make sure that if you're going to be intimate with someone, that they're going to honor your body and that you're safe asking the questions you need to ask, ask asking for the things that you need in those mm-hmm. times. Yeah. I did a song called get to know your groin. And it's all about that because I think just knowing how it smells, how it looks like if there's any, if there's anything new, knowing to get that checked and all of that, because again, it's something that we're, if we're told to be embarrassed about then it's weird to like, look and know what it looks like and what, what to expect. And so I think, yeah, it's all tied in. And like you said, with pleasure too, um, it's really, it's, it's not just the preventative health, you know, preventing STIs thing. It's like, knowing your body to know what feels good, what doesn't feel good. And how do you communicate that? Yeah. And I think that's so huge. It's so big because uh, again, I think some people are not naturally comfortable with their body or with sex. So that will just become something that they go through, like go through the motions of, and don't realize that it's, you know, meant to be a heightened experience of intimacy and connection between two people or more people, <laughs> however it may be. And that leads to missing out on something that's a beautiful thing. So, and again, I think that a more subtle, humorous, lighthearted offering is really needed for, and the thing is that for women of all ages, because I think a lot of people think, well, by the time you're in your thirties, you should know all this. A lot of women don't, right? Another thing that you speak about is sort of our, our menstrual health and how we working with our periods, because even into your thirties, you can still feel overwhelmed about how to deal with, you know, bleeding every month. And you talk about the different cups and the new like underwear you can wear, like the pad underwear, there's new options. There's new things. And again, just bringing to the forefront and the reality that this is stuff that women deal with on a monthly basis. It's good to know your options. It's good to be honest and open about it and not just kind of keep it under the surface and struggle with it. Some people have different types of periods and different ways that they bleed and they don't always know how to explore that. Yeah. And also just getting the tracking one's own cycle and not just the period days I've learned recently about in the past few years about really tracking like mood and physical, emotional health, like every day, even if it's just like just checking in like a word or two and just kind of tracking that, you know, there's a whole thing about the apps, but I've just been doing it in my notes app. I just made a a table and it's like all one to 30 or however many days your cycles are. And you just put like, just write a couple of notes each day of like how you're feeling. And you can start to see month after month. Oh, like in the beginning of my cycle, I, if I overdo it, I tend to be like really cranky or like, or I actually feel this immense amount of creativity in my premenstrual phase. And like, these are things that, you know, you're told, Oh, PMS, blah, blah, blah. And for some people it's so bad and it's, it's so tough. And I'm, you know, there's no, I'm not saying that this minimizes that at all, but I think by tracking it, you can start to see the patterns to know, Oh, this happens for me. So, you know what, I'm going to try and adjust 
this so that I have less of this, you know, like just stuff like that is very empowering. And of course, it's not going to solve all issues and people should work with a doctor and, you know, whatever healers and stuff that they can. But I think tracking your cycle is um, an extremely empowering exercise. Absolutely. And it also helps with you being aware of when you need to be more conscious about using protection and making sure that you're on, you know, some form of contraception when you're based on your cycle, when you become more attuned with your cycle, it's really interesting. You can feel when you find out when you, when you're ovulating and when you're menstruating and when you're sort of in the clear, it's just really nice to be aligned with it. And again, not have it be this strange foreign thing that happens every month, but realize it's really, you know, it's working with you and you can work with your period. And as you said, you can track it to find out when you kind of need to take some time, right? A lot of women, when they're bleeding, need to sort of conserve their energy. They need to rest a little more. They need to take some time to some downtime, but we live in a world where you're told that you need to grind and keep at it 24 seven, no matter what's going on with you. And this is for everybody, not just for people who have a menstrual cycle, but we're told, yeah. you know, you're not supposed to honor the natural cycles of the year or of your personal yeah. you know, cycle. And the more attuned you are with it, the more you work at your highest in your optimal yeah. levels, right? Totally. Totally. I, I, yeah. Agreed. So that's another great thing to shed light on. Also, you speak to, uh, UTIs, which I really like because, you know, again, even people into their thirties, I know people who don't, they had really bad, that horrible bladder pain you get from a UTI. I've had a friend who it became a kidney infection because they didn't know who to go to about it. They thought it was just, you know, maybe cramping or just discomfort but it's something that happens from sex often and there's ways to prevent it and ways to treat it. But if you don't know, then you it can escalate, right. Or that it can keep reoccurring. Yeah. And the truth is, you know, like people don't always have the best experiences at a healthcare setting or like at a doctor and that's, that's real. And, um, it's important to try and find a, provider that you feel comfortable with so that you can call and be like, Hey, I'm experiencing this, but it's, it's intimidating. Like I talk a big game. I'm like, go to your healthcare provider. But then like when I, ha I have to go with a, a piece of paper with all my questions on it. And I have to like have that with me because I get overwhelmed when the doctor's like, okay, any other questions? And I'm like, I have 25 questions that I need to ask you. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, you have to have so much like preparation to, to get those questions answered. So it's not easy. And I have a lot of privilege going into a doctor's office. And I just think that it's, yeah, it's important, but it's, it's not, it's so much easier said than done. Yeah. Well, what are the most common questions that you get or requests from people? I imagine people will call and say, Hey, can you do a video about this? Where do you think that people have the most sort of blind spots to when it comes to their own sexuality their own, you know, sexual parts, all of that? Yeah. I've always said, I don't think it's, I think people know a lot more than we give them credit for. And I think especially young people, I've always, I, I believe young people, they know a lot of this stuff. They really like young people know a lot. I think that what people, I think that what people ask for, at least in my experience is a space in which to have the conversations about this. So it's not necessarily like, oh, I want to know the facts about this or that. It's like, I want to, I want to feel safe talking about this. And how does that happen? That happens 
by having some type of a facilitated or like just safe place where people feel like it's inclusive and, you know, of their gender, of their orientation, of their, of their bodies, of all, you know, of their identities. And so I think like those types of spaces are what I'm interested in creating less, you know, about the, oh, this is what this STI symptoms are. And this is what this birth control side effect is, because those are all things truthfully that, you know, only like a healthcare provider really can be the person to answer. But I feel like what I'm most interested in is that space where people can start to say like, ah, how could you respond in this situation? Or what could someone do in this situation? How would someone advise someone in this scenario? So it's like those more, those skill, that skill building, I think of like talking about this, whether it's to a parent or a partner or a friend or whoever, or a doctor, you know, those are hard conversations. They are. They are. And you're already creating that space, Melissa, that community. I've really enjoyed the comment sections of your videos on Instagram because I've been able to throw out some of my honest experiences and had people respond. Um, Again, yeah. Well, your one about menstrual cups was helpful because I recently tried one. I didn't like it. And so I put it out there. I was like, hey, I don't like it. I didn't find it very um, realistic for me because like it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of mess when you try to change it out. And, you know, I want to be environmentally friendly, but I did, it didn't mesh with me. And so people were I put that in there and they said, I hear you. Here are some other options that I use. And I don't know where else I would go to have that conversation besides like a few of my friends, but that's not a forum of people. And you're bringing people together. You know, you, you have a large audience and it's beautiful. And then there was also one about like the UTIs that I liked because there became a conversation around, you know, sometimes it can be if you're, I mean, this isn't medically sound, if you will, but I put out there that I've had partners that were just, I don't think that we meshed. I think that it was not a good connection. And I would, I, I felt like it was just my body responding in a certain way to the, whether it's their pheromones or whatever you want to call it. And a lot of women agreed. And they were like, yes, I had a boyfriend for three years. I had UTIs the whole time. I thought there was something wrong with me. I went to the doctor. They couldn't help me. As soon as I broke up with them, I never had that issue again. So I like being able to talk about the stuff that you're not going to find out at a doctor's office. That is sometimes some things are just sacred to the women's experience and our bodies. And there's some things that medical advice can't explain. And so I think they're it's important to have outlets for those kind of conversations where it's like woman to woman, what has this been like for you so that we can feel again, not so alone in these questions and explorations. I hear that. I think, yeah, I think it's helpful to have these spaces online or in person or whatever, or just a community where you can share and, and learn from others. And I think um, I've been so grateful that the reception of my videos and stuff online has been mostly like very positive. Like people are so, um, welcoming of of my videos and i've i've found that to be just really heartwarming because like you said you know people saying oh if the cup didn't work for you maybe like try the other the flex disc or whatever like there's other things like that's just very sweet that people you know are in, engaging like that and it's helpful i'm sure and i'm sure there's tons of people that the cup doesn't work for and so yeah i think having that kind of space and community is what i'm interested in continuing to build and i think you know I I'm hoping to build that more in person as I do more live shows and stuff like that in person. Cause that feels really, um, heartwarming as well. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I am so impressed by your work, Melissa. I'm so grateful oh. for you and your work. What, what is next for you? It sounds like you want to just continue what you're doing and, you know, keep the momentum going in terms of offering these 
wonderfully informative, yet also hilarious videos, sound bites that can educate, but also help connect people. So I, you're going to keep doing that. What else is on the agenda? On the agenda. Thank you for asking. I'm working on a more long form sexual health education show that I'm animating. So I have my first episode. Yeah. I've taught myself how to animate. And so I've been working on that for the past year, a little more than that um, now. And I'm about to put out my first episode of it and then I'm going to work on creating more. So I'm just making it myself right now, but it's, it's in the same vein of like sexual health education and song and everything, but it's kind of like magic school bussy where we're like traveling around and learning about the different topics. So it's, it's fun. That sounds incredible. That sounds amazing. I love it when it comes out. Well, I'm super excited for you, Melissa, and this journey that you're on. Thanks, Whitney. I really, I appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for having the the courage to step forward and let your own unique, creative, humorous gifts come to light. Because I also Mm -hmm. think that that's so important these day and ages. And also just in general, uh, you know, so many of us have ideas, but we are kept held back by fear. Uh, Mm -hmm. it can be hard to put yourself out there. I'm sure you've gotten here and there some not so great feedback or people who don't get you. And they're like, what is this? Or that's not okay. Or right. Of course. Yeah. I, yeah. And the more I do it, the more I have so much reverence for anybody putting themselves out there. It is, it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there. You as well. Like anyone putting stuff out, saying what you think and sharing from a place of like, I really want to help. I want to make the world better, but it's yeah, it takes courage. Yeah. Yeah. Then the other side of that is that all of the appreciation you get, the feedback of people who really do see you and get what you're doing and and love it and want lots more of it. And I think for anyone who is a creator or entrepreneur and putting themselves out there and putting the message out that they believe is needed right now, that's what you got to focus on. You know, you got to learn to have a bit of that thick skin, but more so just allow yourself to receive the, the love. That's what it comes down to is because your people are going to find you and those who don't get it, don't get it. And they're going to say their things and they're going to dislike your videos and it's going to be there, but we can't let that stop us. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So keep going. And if people want to find you, if if anybody listening has not seen these remarkable, amazing videos on Instagram yet, um, checked out your YouTube, where can they find you? On TikTok or Instagram or wherever. I'm my name is the Big Lissa, L-I-S-S-A. And yeah, most of my videos are on TikTok and then some of them are okay. also on Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Whitney, for having keep, me. Keep rocking with you your work too. and with your drums. Keep you it going too. <laughs> thank you. All right. Take care. You too. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.